Hey, it's Andrew. Just quickly before we start this episode, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, the Secure Ventures Podcast. The host, Kyle McNulty, interviews cybersecurity founders about what they are building. I enjoy it because Kyle focuses on their technology, what it solves, why they build it, where it fits in the market. Also, listeners can understand the why of these startups. In some ways, it's a great compliment to my own podcast, where I focus on the go-to-market side, not on the technology side. He's had some great guests on recently, for example, the CEO of Reality Defender, when they talked about the ins and outs of deep fate detection. Uh, he's had the co-founder and CEO of Ghost Security, and also the co-founder of Radical, Chris Peterson, who was incidentally a founder of Logarithm, where they talk about the role of AI in the SOC. This is not a paid promotion. I just simply enjoy what Kyle is doing with his interviews and get a lot out of them. Check it out. It's the Secure Ventures podcast. Now on with this episode. She's probably the most dominant athlete in the world right now that you have never heard of, and we can learn from her about how to get better at sales. Welcome to the Bite Size Sales Podcast, where we believe that sales is the most important team in a B2B company, that complacency is the enemy, and taking bite-sized steps each day to get better at your craft is the best way to improve results. I am your host, Andrew Monaghan, and I'm using my 26 years of experience in B2B sales to bring you small, actionable ideas every day to help you get better. Michaela Schifrin is a US-based skier, and when I put her face up on live trainings on the screen and ask if anyone knows who she is, no one usually in the room recognizes her. And then when I say the name, you know, her name was Michaela Schiffer. And then sometimes, you know, a couple of people might say, yeah, it kind of rings a bell. I'm not quite sure. And the surprising thing about this is Michaela is probably one of the top three to five most dominant athletes in the world right now in any sort of quasi or real mainstream sport. And she does alpine skiing. She competes on the worldwide circuit uh, for the U.S. and for herself. She just turned 24 at the end of March of 2019. And she's on track in the next three or four years to break all records, uh, male or female, in the alpine skiing world. She's so Last year, she, she won 17 World Cups, is, is how they call it. And the significance of that is I think the next best woman ever uh, in any season ever was 14. And I think for, for males, it was about the same. If she stays healthy over the next six to eight years, and, and skiers usually go to their early 30s, she's going to be by far break all the records that have been around for so long in skiing. So very impressive what she's doing right now. What's interesting, though, is that the last Olympics in 2018 in, in Pyongyang in South Korea, she was perceived to have actually failed and not had a great Olympics. She won one gold and one silver. And going into the, into the Olympics, uh, the pundits, the press, were, and experts were saying that she might end up with three golds or two golds and a silver. You know, she was on track to dominate the Olympics, but didn't do very well. And the interesting thing about that is just listening to her talk about what happened and, and how she changed things up for the season that was coming up, which was the one that just ended in 2018, 2019. So going into the Olympics, all everyone was talking about was number of goals that she was going to win. 
That's all what the focus on her was from the outside. But it didn't sit that well with her. You know, while she was there to win races and win gold medals, she was focused much more on more simple things and the the day-to-day execution of being a great skier. So I, I think for her, when you listen to her talk about it, while she was ended up being actually herself pretty pleased with the, the season that she had, she felt the criticism coming from outside that somehow she hadn't lived up to her potential at those Olympics. So as she exited that season and went into the season 2018-2019, she ended up having the single best ski season by a racer, male or female, ever. She won 17 World Cups last year and therefore dominated the sport. And the question is, what happened between the Olympics of, of the year before and this season that had such an effect on her? And what's cool is that she actually talks about this specific thing in interviews after the end of the season. When everyone was so hyped up about the season that she had and all the things that she'd done and they want to know what happened and why, I think they were expecting maybe a different answer. And her answer was, I got back to focusing on executing perfect turns. And what she talks about is, you know, sure, she went into the season with with big goals, right? She wanted to dominate. She wanted to win uh, races. She she wanted to win the World Cup, things like that, right? Um, and, and dominate the World Championships. That was her goal, but she didn't really think about those things every day and every week. All she thought about, everything she did with her team, all the replay of video that they did, all the things that she thought about in practice and races was simply... How do I execute this next turn better? How do I execute more turns tomorrow better than I was able to do today? And she went down to the basics because she knew that if she could execute more perfect turns than everyone else, and what is in her control is executing turns, she will win races. And that's what her whole season was about. And from a skill standpoint, that's what she was doing. But also from a mental standpoint, it was less about the pressure of winning races and all about simply focusing her mind on executing perfect terms. So when I think about what that means for, for us in sales, you know, there's, lots, there's, there's a real big takeaway from this about what we end up thinking about. You know, if you've been in sales for a while, you'll know that the all the talk around you is focusing on outcomes, focus on the win, winning deals, forecasting deals to be won, talking about deals that we've lost, um, all the things with with big outcomes. Did we get the POC book? Things like that, right? Um, And less of the focus from around you in the organization is on the everyday turns, as it were, to help you get to your forecast and help you get to winning deals. It's all too outcome-based and not enough turn-based to use the analogy from Michaela Schifrin's world. So, you know, as you think about what you can do, though, to improve your betting average, to improve your success, change your results, it is all about thinking about what are the turns, what are the perfect turns that you execute in your world to help you get there? Things that you can do and say to get better at your craft. And I I think about this in, in two buckets. One are the things that you do yourself to get better about things that you say or how you handle situations. And then second thing is how you execute the sales process activities better to get through and win deals bigger and faster. So things that you control yourself are are what you say, the questions you ask, how you react to objections or questions from prospects, all the kind of, you know, fundamental things that are part of selling. 
I would say are things that you can control and things that you can sit there and say, I might, how, do I, how can I get better at that one thing from this meeting to the next meeting? And then in terms of the process, it's all about how am I executing a sales process uh, to get better at the next one than I was at the last one? What can I do to um, make them go faster? What can I do to grow bigger deals? What can I do to execute, for example, maybe a perfect uh, proof of value or proof of concept versus something else, maybe just doing a demo? So those are the two buckets to think about. Um, and when you've got the list there, start with what are the higher leverage components, the things that you know that if I just change that, then it's going to have a big effect on my overall pipeline. It's going to have a big effect on my deals. And then figure out how you can execute those better from day to day, week to week, deal by deal. And once you figure that out, then you have your game plan for success to think about as you're going into the end of this year and next year, how can you execute perfect sales turns better today than you did yesterday? If you want to get the book mentioned in this episode for free, simply go to bitesizesales.com forward slash free book. If you sign up on that page for unstoppable.do, we'll send you your book on us. Unstoppable gives you habit-forming action notes on great sales books such as Spin Selling, Never Split the Difference, New Sales Simplified, The Challenger Sale, and many more. In there, you get the best ideas from these books, all organized in a straightforward and easy-to-implement way and designed for you to take action and transform your results. All of the equivalent of three cups of coffee per month. Start now and get your free book by going to bitesizesales.com forward slash free book. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anyone you think would get value. Coworkers, teammates, your boss, your head of sales, even that guy you worked with two companies ago who could probably do with some help. In fact, just overshare it. This is one of the few times it's cool to do that. Your podcast app will have a share button. Please click it and share it wide and far. It would mean a lot to me and to the continued growth of the show if you could help get the word out. So how do you do that easily? There are two ways. Firstly, just simply send a link to a friend. Send a link to the show, to this episode. Um, you can email it, text it, Slack it, whatever works for you and is easy for you. The second way is to leave a super quick rating. And sometimes that can seem complicated, so I've made it as easy for you as I can. You simply have to go to ratethispodcast.com slash cyber. That's ratethispodcast.com slash cyber and explains exactly how to do it. Either of these ways will take you less than 30 seconds to do and it will mean the world to me. So thank you.